Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, I have a special guest, Sherry Lead, and we're going to be talking about maintaining friendships through life's messes. I, when I first found out about Sherry's book, I was so interested in this topic of friendship because I think as adults, as we go through life, especially as life gets messy, it's really easy to let our friendships go, to make excuses for why we're not making the effort to keep friendships. And um, so I wanted to talk about that this week. I think this is an excellent topic to remind all of us of, especially myself, that friendships in life are important. So Sherry, I want to welcome you to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about my favorite topic, friendships. Yeah, so I'll do just a brief introduction here and then we'll get into it. Um, Sherry is a former litigator and currently operates an imperfectly perfect life, a professional mindset coaching business serving clients who are in the tricky middle age years, helping them create the life of their dreams. She is the author of of the Friendship Transformational Book Series, which includes the 50-50 Friendship Flow and Make Your Mess Your Message. So Sherry, again, welcome to the show. Thank you. So we'll start out with just a little fun icebreaker, and then uh, we'll get into our topic of friendship. So have you ever completed anything on your bucket list? And if so, what was it? Oh, my. Oh, yes. I um, performed stand-up comedy one time. That was on my bucket list. And um, it was in front of about 300 people uh, near the Pike. I'm in Seattle. So right in the iconic Pike Place Market. Oh, awesome. That's so brave. (laughs) That was one of those things that, you know, mine, um, one of the things on my list was to enter a dance competition. And I was in one two years ago. And it was kind of a similar thing where we would have like a couple hundred people watch us. And I remember the first time I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But then I just kind of let go and have fun. And it was one of the best experiences I ever had. That's fabulous. And I actually think that is braver because you said competition. So you're actually being judged. I wasn't being judged. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So let's get into our topic of friendship. You're, you're the author of the, as I mentioned, the friendship transformational book series, and you've authored two books. What got you started on this topic of friendship? Well, it happened somewhat by accident. I was already a life coach at the time and I attended a girlfriend's, unfortunately, I attended a girlfriend's memorial service. And at the service, a lot of people were standing up, friends that I had not met before. And they're saying all these wonderful things about her that I had never heard of or heard these stories before. And this happened between my 49th and 50th birthday. It actually happened um, two years after I had received a, a breast cancer diagnosis. So this turning 50 was a very significant, it felt very significant to me for a number of reasons. Uh, and so I made it my mission during that year to talk to 50 of my girlfriends to tell them what I've learned from them. And some were uh, more acquaintances, others lifelong friends. And that's what started me down this path to, to write these books and talk a lot about friendships. Yeah, because that's like I said in the intro, I mean, I know over the years for myself, um, and and I was even thinking reading your book, you had interviewed 50 women and I thought, 
do I have 50 friends that I could interview if I had a question? I, I don't know. I was kind of going through it. I don't know if I could, I could reach 50, but it, it's, um, friendships are so important, but it's one of the, the, almost the first things we seem to let go of as adults, because we, like I said, we make all these excuses, right? We we're too busy or we have a family or we have a job, you know, or, or whatever the reason is. But, um, I think especially now more than ever having friends in our lives or it's not a, a luxury, it's a requirement, right? It's a, it's a requirement to, to, to get through what we're going through. Yeah, no kidding. And my mom, she's actually, she's turning, well, she's turning 90, 93 in January, yeah, yeah. but you know, when the pandemic happened, she lives in a retirement community she was been, and she still is very isolated, but was very isolated uh, when it first started and all the lockdowns and we couldn't visit her, but she had her telephone. She doesn't have a computer and she has these childhood girlfriends that she grew up with. And she, they used to call themselves the seven ups because there were seven of them. But during the pandemic, they were all in different retirement homes. Some lived with family members. They would talk to each other on the phone every night and honestly those friendships are what sustain them through this yeah. this pandemic and this period of isolation so if friendships were ever important watching that happen um really hit it hit home to me how much we need to invest in our friendships right and I have family members like that too where my I have a big family and my aunts and even my mom and um cousins, you know, they'll get on the phone and we'll hear them talking. And we always joke because they'll talk about the same things, right? They talk every day, <laughs> similar thing, but they're talking about the same things, but it's, it's easy to laugh that, you know, and then ask why they do that. But really having those relationships and maintaining that is, um, it's part of being a human, right? It's part of being living in this life. And those, those knowing that you have somebody that you can count on, knowing somebody that you have somebody that you can call when you just need to vent or you need to try to solve a problem or even just to know another person on the earth is available for you. That, for me, when we were going through everything and, and you know, locked down, that was vital. I mean, that kept me going to know that I had people in my life that I could count on. Yes. And even for longevity, there's, I don't know if you've heard of the blue zone study where they looked at places around the world where people live the longest and all these different places, these places were very different from one another, but they had some common factors. And one of the um, things that they had in common were, was the connection to community that people felt yeah. connection to, you know, uh, where they lived, their friends, their family, uh, their community at large. So these relationships, uh, they're, they're not only fun, but they really make a difference on our quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so in your book, make your mess, your message, can you tell us a little bit about the format of how you wrote that? Cause that's a little bit different than, um, you know, maybe what, how normal books are written. I, re I really enjoyed how you, how you've done that. Can you explain that a little bit to the listeners? Sure. And that came about during the pandemic. I was <laughs> trying to figure out what I could do with stuck at home. And I was watching right. a uh, Robin Roberts masterclass. And she said her mom taught her to make her mess her message. So th in this book, I had I had all of these dates by Zoom. I told people ahead of time that that was the question I was going to ask them. So the way the book is written, it's um, each short chapter is one woman's story of what her mess was that became her message. And then there's a place uh, to journal after that. So for example, there are a, a few book club groups that women that are going through the book together uh, where they, they read 
when my friends' messes talk about their similar messes, journal together, and kind of learn from not only one another, but um, also the mess to message in the book. Right. And so having, again, another way to connect with our friends, but then also see that we're, because often I think too, we feel, it's easy to feel alone, right? It's easy to feel like something is only happening to me or I'm the, there's something wrong with me because this is happening and I'm feeling this way. But reading through the book, there's, you know, I think probably most of us can relate to the majority of the stories in here because the things that happen to, you know, we're, we're not as separate as it may seem sometimes. Yeah, all of the women, um, the women come from different backgrounds, different uh, economic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, races, political views. And when you go through this, but you, you see that we all kind of go through the same messes. Right. And the interesting thing is some of these women I spoke to, I had known for years, yet I didn't know what their mess was. Yeah. And that really impacted me. It made me realize even with friends, I've neglected to really ask and talk to them and sometimes find out their story, uh, which in turn, you know, helps me uh, understand them better, especially when we disagree. <laughs> right, right. Because you can, you see past the surface. I used to call um, friends that I had that over, you know, surface friends is what I would call they were, I was friends with them on the surface, but I didn't know much underneath. And some people that was because, um, for various reasons, I didn't want to, or I only interacted with them in maybe work situations or something. So I didn't, I didn't care to expand the relationship in that way, but moving past the surface and getting to the, the heart of another human, we do start to see that we, we are all as we grew up differently, different culture, different, everything, the human condition, so to speak, is there's threads that are the same amongst all of us. Yes, definitely. And it was interesting because a lot of times, because when we go through our messes, we're on survival mode, we right. don't have the ability or the time to actually look back and see where that mess took us. So these conversations, a lot of the women uh, said, wow, this is the first time I actually really thought about it and processed it and saw where mess let me. Uh, that, that was nice to hear because, you know, really when we go these messes, loss of job, you know, not getting the home or the apartment we wanted, a relationship falling apart, when we go back and look at it, more often than not, it got us to a better job, a better housing situation and a more, more fulfilling relationship. Right. For sure. And, you know, as adults, it's again, it's, it seems silly to ask this question, but it's like, how do we make friends as adults? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're a kid and you're in school and you're on the playground and you, you know, you don't have your guard up and we're not trying to, um, you know, put all these walls up like we do as adults, but as adults, I, I have often found, um, in different stages of my life, it's hard to make friends. So what advice do you have for the listeners? Maybe people who want more friends or, uh, want to deepen those relationships. What's your advice to those, um, to those listeners? Well, you just reminded me, I, I learned how to, and I'm not very good, but I learned how to swim as an adult. And the swimming teacher said the problem with adults learning how to swim is they never forget that they're learning how to swim versus kids go out there and they play and all of a sudden they're swimming. And I, I think that could be similar to friendships. You know, as you said, as kids, it's easy. As adults, we have to make the effort. And for some of us, it's easier because maybe we're more um, naturally extroverted. So it's more comfortable. Others, it's difficult. And I think the first step is to know your own comfort level. So 
realize that if it's more difficult for you to, let's say, go to a party, go to a stranger, go to an event alone, if that's that's what it is, um, give yourself some grace and, and challenge yourself and take baby steps. I, there was a woman who uh, who found herself you know, in a place where she needed to make friends. It was a new area. She didn't know anyone. And she challenged herself to do, she called it doing something that frightened her once a day. Uh, And this could be simply for her. It was after a yoga class saying hi to somebody. Right. And once she saw herself being able to do that and the responses of that came back, it became more of a practice. And pretty soon it was two people, three people uh, go to an event. Uh, And so sometimes those baby steps are, are what we need to push ourselves out there. And then there's other people who, you know, can throw that fabulous party and, and feel really comfortable and they have 20 friends by the end of the day, but that that's rare. Right. Well, and there, it feels, especially if you're someone who isn't that way, that feels like a lot of pressure. So then it feels like, oh, I can't do it. So why bother? Right. But that, mm-hmm. I like the idea of baby steps because that's, um, we get to pick those baby steps when we challenge ourselves with these things, right? There's no rules about this or anything. And I know for myself, when I first moved to Nashville, it's been almost five years ago now, I was, um, I was in that place, right? How do I meet people? I don't, I know like one person when I moved here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what I started doing was I would not make, isn't the right word, but I would push myself to go do two things a week, whatever those two oh, things yeah. were. And, you know, I used sites like meetup where they were things that I was interested in to, to go do. And so over time I got more comfortable with doing that. So I was able to, it wasn't as big of a deal for me to show up somewhere where I didn't know anybody at first. It was terrifying and I hated it, but I kept doing it because I wanted my, my, um, desire to have a community and have friends was greater than my fear of wanting to stay home and be mad at myself for, you know, for not doing anything. So there, um, the baby steps, um, I love that because that's so, it can be anything that was, is within your comfort level. And then, you start to prove to yourself that you can expand your comfort level over time. Yeah. And it's probably harder than ever now coming, you know, we're still in the pandemic and, and places are opening up and more, some places are more open than others. But um, I think it takes probably extra effort now than before, because we got comfortable <laughs> being at home in our, in our sweats and uh, in our little bubbles. So I, I give your, I would say, you know, in this next year, moving forward, to uh, challenge yourself, but also give yourself a lot of grace. Yeah. And you know what you mentioned about almost like reemerging into the world after being home for so long too. um, I feel like that's something that's not talked about as much as it should be either, because that, that for me was um, the experience was somewhat shocking because I had just forgotten how it was to be in the world. Right. I forgot how it was to go. I remember I went to a store and a woman was standing there exchanging something. And so she was getting money back. And I sat there for a minute and I was like, why is that woman getting money back? And I'm like, oh, she's returning. Something. Like, it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. I hadn't done that for so long. You know, so when we're emerging back into the world, um, it, what also helped me remember, especially in dance, because I still dance and you know, everybody pretty much forgot how to dance. And, and that was that helped me remember that everybody's in that same place, right? It's not just Mm -hmm. me coming back out into the world uh, unsure and like, oh my God, here, you know, everybody's going through the same thing too. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. 
Right, exactly. And, and it's kind, kind of like you, you get what you give. Yeah, you get what you give. My girlfriend who I mentioned took those baby steps to say, you know, even hello to somebody after a yoga class. She was actually surprised. People are saying hello back, you know, and, and you're, they're starting conversations. Wow, they're responding in kind. So others are, like you said, in the same place and, and people do want to connect. And sometimes it just takes you to make that first move. Yeah, and you know, another thing I think too that, helps with that is putting the phone down. You know, mm. when we, when we're uncomfortable and we're somewhere, it's very easy to just pick up your phone and look at it out of discomfort or not wanting, to, not knowing what to do. Right. But putting the phone down and actually looking around, like you're saying, smile, say hi, engage with others. You just never know who you're going to meet doing that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the women in the um, book, the first time I met her, she greeted me and I'm not suggesting people necessarily do this because this might not be as comfortable, but she greeted me as if I was her best friend. I mean, you know, with the joy, the, the hugging and, and everything, but that for me changed the way I greet people. And so now I greet them, um, a lot more warmly than I did before with the idea in, in my head that, oh, this is my new best friend. And I found that that has uh, established a base for a lot of really good friendships that I've had since I learned that. Um, but again, yeah. that's not comfortable for everyone. Right, right. Yeah, I have a friend that did that too. Actually, we were somewhere and she, I was introducing her to one of my friends and she did the same thing, the hi and hugged her. And I was, I said, I didn't think you two knew each other. She's like, <laughs> we don't. And I was like, oh, like it was like, that's how you greet. Okay. That's cool. Like it never even <laughs> occurred to me to do something like that, but so I know what you mean. There's, um, greeting people with that idea or that expectation that I'm meeting a new friend that completely changed the dynamic. It changes your energy too. Cause you're not, um, it's not that closed off feeling it's having coming to a situation more open and more, um, willing and, um, ready to experience whatever's available. It, it is. And I noticed for me, it, puts my thoughts on the other person. So I'm thinking, oh, I really am excited to get to know you as opposed to previously, I may have been a lot more uh, concerned about how I'm appearing, how I'm coming across, how can I sound interesting? So um, it does put for me the focus on the other person when I meet them and it puts me at ease being able to do that. I, I don't know, I may scare a few people with that excited greeting, but overall it seems to have worked uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think people will, uh, the people definitely respond to that. And I, I was thinking today about, um, you know, the mailman in my neighborhood. Um, one day I talked to him and I, it wasn't even like a very big exchange for any means, but I happened to see him out there. I think I was giving him a package and we had an interaction. And ever since then, he gives me the biggest wave when he sees me. He's like goes out of his way to, to do things and I, I was thinking about that because that it, it's these small little gestures that we often maybe dismiss or think they're what's the point, but those small things are what open that door to have the kind of interactions that we're talking about. Yes, no, that's, that's wonderful. And it is, it's sometimes it's those little interactions that could just change your day too. Right. So back to the book and the talking with your 50 friends and, and asking them the question, um, what what surprised you the most about that process of going through talking with 50 different people, asking them the same question and, and that um, 
And, and in the book, you include pictures of everybody too, which I love. You include like a funny, like a candid one. And then like, a, you know, and I thought that was a really nice touch too. Yeah. And we had to do that over Zoom as well for those pictures because we were still socially distancing at the time of the, the photos. What surprised me the most was that um, one, the conversations and none of these conversations lasted longer than an hour, mm -hmm. uh, but every conversation deepened my friendship with that person. Yeah. And it didn't matter how long we had known each other, but being able to sit down and really hear someone's story uh, deepen the friendship. And also what surprised me is finding out what some of my girlfriends have gone through that I didn't know. Uh, for instance, I had a, I've had a girlfriend for over 10 years. I had no idea that she deals with daily anxiety and depression. I had no idea. She volunteers as a cheerleader. She's always upbeat. She's the one you want to bring to a party. I didn't know that it's difficult for her to get out of bed. And she shared that with me and allowed me to share it in the book. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that really surprised me that uh, I don't know my friend's stories and yeah. I don't know what they're going through on a daily basis all the time, even long-term friends like that. And that's so interesting what you just said. I, I don't know my friends and and we think we do, right? And then there's always another level to explore when we take the time to do the exploration and, and we make that, you know, that effort. Yeah, because we don't like to talk to, about our messes when we get together. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to bring the conversation down. So a lot of times these are things that have really affected our lives, but we haven't shared them with our friends. Yeah, you know, I have uh, one of my friends that, a longtime friend, she was going through some issues with her um, daughter years ago. And so we had this agreement where sometimes she just needed to call and vent. And I'm a problem solver. So I was always trying to help solve the problem, but sometimes there wasn't a problem to solve. And so I would ask her at the beginning of the call, do you want me to listen or do you want me to problem solve with you? And mm -hmm. she'd think about it and whatever the day's conversation was, she, she would, you know, we, just listen today. And then I would just listen because that, you know, that's, I can do that. Um, but sometimes it, you know, as a friend wanting to help our friends, we want to step in and solve problems. And sometimes that's not what, what's needed. Sometimes somebody just needs the other person to just listen and just be there for them while they get all that out. I love that. And I think that's really good in marriage. I think I might bring that into my marriage. I think that is a great way to start a conversation. You know, do you want me to listen or do you want me to problem solve with you? Yeah. Um, I think I am going, I am going to tell my husband that one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's very powerful. And it also, um, it, if you're a problem solver, like I am, it, it takes the, um, that responsibility off because the other person isn't looking for that. And especially, you know, sometimes I think in family dynamics, when we think the person is looking for that, but they're not, then it causes the whole, you know, other chain reaction. So it kind of helps set those expectations. Yeah, no, that's great. I can't wait to tell them. <laughs> These, this is how our conversations will go from now on. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. So we also, we talked, you know, the topic this week is maintaining friendships through life's messes. And so what tips can you offer the listeners to, to still be able to do that when we're all experiencing things, as you found out with your friends, people are going through levels of things that, you know, we have no idea about. So what are some ways we can still maintain our friendships while we're going through our own messes? I think one, you know, to explain to your friends, Hey, if you don't, if, you know, sometimes we can't connect with our friend because our messes are so 
yeah. are, are all consuming, you know, sometimes we're on survival mode right. and it's, that's okay. I think the big thing is to, to let your friends know, Hey, this is, you know, you don't have to divulge everything, but this is going on right now. You're really important to me. And I want us to connect right now. I'm, I'm putting out some fires. Um, so there's that there's also just checking in and, 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 you know, whether or not you're going through a mess or a friend's going through a mess, a quick text to check in and, and be there on that, on that text, on that text list. I know when, um, when I was going through breast cancer, you know, that was one of my messes. Uh, the things that the, the friends that really stuck out the most to me are the ones that just simply checked in yeah, and said, Hey, are you okay today? You know, I'm just thinking about you um, with no expectation for a response from a, for a, you know, long response from me uh, or anything like that. So I think a big thing is, is just checking in and realizing that it doesn't have to be something so grand. So even right. when you are going through your messes, it's okay. Cause your friends are probably wondering if you're okay to just check in and say, Hey, still go- This is still going on. It's still a little messy, but right. I'm doing okay. But I'm here. Right. And I think that, like you said, even when everything, you know, I live alone. And so when we were locked down and feeling even further alone, all of that going on and everybody's dealing with their own level of um, whatever they were dealing with when that was going on. Right. And those, those messages from somebody saying just that, Hey, I'm just want to make sure you're okay. You know, are you, how are you doing? And I had a lot of friends that did that during that time. And um, that meant so much to me because it was, it was uh, again, we talk about community and having that understanding or that even that belief because during that time for me especially it was oh you're all alone you have no friends you have no one see this is show you know <laughs> and so getting in that mindset was uh was terrible but having those check-ins from people meant the world because it 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 broke that pattern that was going on in my head about trying to prove to myself that i'm always going to be alone and that, that just isn't the case yeah and it's just it's, it's surprising how nice it is to just get a little text if, you know, or something and realize that somebody's been thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. So what about friendships that we outgrow? I, I think we've all been there and uh, sometimes they just mutually fade away. Sometimes they don't. How, what's your advice to, for those types of situations? To be okay with ending friendships because friendships naturally end. We all grow at different rates. Uh, friendships ebb and flow and it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a friendship ending. So, you know, as, as when our kids are little, when we were younger, we're taught so, you know, to make friendship friends, how to make friends, how to be a good friend. We don't teach our children and we don't a lot of times gain the skills of how to end friendships and, or the feeling that it's okay to end friendships. Yeah. So I think first is realizing it's a natural part of life. We all grow and change and we're in each other's lives at different times and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, ending friendships could be hard depending on the type of friendship or the community that the friendship is ending in. And so one of the pieces of advice I usually give is to focus on during that time, focus on the friendships that are serving you, the friendships that make you feel good. Uh, focus when you focus on those, hopefully it'll take away a little bit of that sting of, or the pain of the, the um, other friendship ending. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes there's, and I have people in my life where we may not talk for a year or two, but we can talk and pick right up where we left off. Right. It doesn't, mm -hmm. the friendship doesn't require as much, um, 
interaction per se, but I still value the person. I still want the person in my life. And, um, and that's okay too, right. To have those relationships that aren't maybe necessarily at the forefront every single, you know, week or month of the year, but you know, there are people that you can still maintain friendships with, um, throughout your life who you may not be involved with as, you know, as often as others. Yes. And even as we discussed, there's a certain level of effort that is involved in maintaining a friendship or a connection. And that effort could be just be connecting, you know, every two or three years for some friendships. But I think the key is, though, it should also feel good. Yeah. So even though there's effort, it should feel good. And if it's not feeling good, then uh, maybe that friendship has you know, gone its separate ways. I think there's a really, you know, if anything else with friendships, there's a gut feeling to them. And I think that's real. Yeah. And also that, um, that give and take of a friendship, right? You're, you're not the 90% always reaching out or you're, you're not in a situation where you have somebody who's always dumping on you, but never listening to your what you have going on. And then those Mm -hmm. like, you know, suck the life out of you, right? Because you're, they're just there to dump their trauma on you, so to speak, and then disappear. And then you're left with energetically with all that on top of your own, you know, life things that you have going on. So those are, those are some things I've noticed in my life as well. Yeah. And you're, you know, you know it, you feel it in your gut. Like you even said, it feels like it's sucking the life out of you. Uh, We don't want life sucking friendships. (laughs) We want those that, that uh, give us life. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think trust, you know, trust your gut when it comes to friendships and it's okay when friendships end. it's not, it's not, there's no judgment on it and there shouldn't be. Right. Your book offers a challenge to the readers to take the mess to message challenge. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And this could be part of opening up in the new year and getting connected again. I challenge everyone to ask, you know, I, I say three people, it could be one, it could be five, but I suggest three for the new year um, and ask them, what is the mess that became your message? Ask somebody that you've known for a long time, ask somebody that you haven't uh, shared a meal with yet and ask a relative, give them a little heads up that you're taking this challenge. And this is a question that you're going to ask ahead of time. Uh, and, and listen and see where these conversations go. Uh, you, I guarantee, will be fascinated to find out what the mess is that they pull up that they think is important and they want to share with you. Yeah. And then talk about deepening those relationships and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to also, especially if there are people that you thought you knew, like you experienced in the book and it, you find out maybe you didn't know what you thought you knew. And, and even as you mentioned, that change sort of changes in a positive way, your interaction with them, because you can see where they're coming from. Yes. And I can understand now. And it makes me think, well, all of those times um, when she did show up and wow, that's, that's amazing that she was able to do that. And then I think of the times where I may have been disappointed because she didn't show up and all of a sudden I had all this grace for her and I understood Uh, so yeah, it complete, and even listening to what the message was that people got from their mess, which may have been a different message than I would have thought from the mess was interesting and helped me, uh, understand, understand others a little bit better. Yeah, that is, that is very interesting to think about that too. What, how we all go through similar, let's say similar things, but what we take from it is so different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was like it was like free therapy for me during during um, the the lockdown periods. We right. didn't have these conversations. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and previously we we I mean probably wouldn't have taken the time 
to do this, right? We would have just right. assumed we knew and went on and got on with it, right? But there's so much to be said for slowing down and taking the time to, you know, like we, the, the purpose of this episode was to remind us all that our friendships are important and being able to grow those relationships, um, put the effort out is, is worth it. Yes, definitely. My guest this week has been Sherry Lead, and we have been talking about maintaining friendships through life's messes. As we wrap up today, Sherry, what's one thing you want the listeners to know about friendships and making their mess their message? Um, for making their mess their message, I'd love for people to look at their messes and see where those messes have taken them and recognize that. And on friendships, to give yourself grace and to recognize that these friendships are not only important socially, but they help sustain you. Yeah, for sure. They're, uh, they're, like I said at the beginning, I think a requirement for living because it, it mm -hmm. keeps us going. It, it, um, as humans, we need that connection and it's, um, so important to be reminded of that. Definitely. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us this week. And congratulations on the book series. I love the, the whole friendship topic. I think, um, this is definitely something that, is not covered as much as it should. So I'm glad your books are out there. I'm glad you're, you're promoting this message. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, letting me come on here. And, and it's been a, such a pleasure speaking to you about friendships. Yes. Yeah, so can you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your books and the services that you offer? Sure. My website is, and it's a mouthful, it's an imperfectly perfect life.com. And on all the different social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, especially, it's also an imperfectly perfect life. Uh, the books are available easiest ways on Amazon. And I'd like to offer if any, um, if any book club groups, especially women, uh, go through and decide to journal through the make your mess your message this next year, please contact me and I would love to zoom in on one of your book club meetings. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Great. Okay. And I'll uh, put the links in the show notes for the listeners so they can find that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. We really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. All right. What a great interview with Sherry talking about maintaining friendships through life's messes. Um, I think this is a great challenge to ourselves to start 2022 with to, and I'm saying this for myself too, to start making the effort to maintain our friendships, right? Reaching out to our friends, picking up the phone, um, making the call, even if it's a, a text to start with and say, hey, do you got a few minutes? I'd love to talk with you, right? We, it's so easy to just make up the excuses or tell ourselves that our friends are too busy, but we are all craving that connection. We all want and need that, that community. So what better way than to do your own mess to message challenge, right? Talk to three friends. And, and if you really enjoyed that, then talk to three more and talk to three more, right? And see where that takes you. See how much your relationship grow and see what you learn from that. I think that's, a, that's, that's so exciting and so fun. And I can't wait to do this in my own life. So I hope you found inspiration from this episode. I hope it gave you a different perspective on friendships, especially as adults. And so thanks for listening this week. Uh, you've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont. And if you'd like to learn more about the show, you can visit my website, sloanfremont.com. You can sign up on the right-hand side and that way you'll be notified every time I put a new episode out. 
Um, I have all the links to my social media in the show notes. So uh, if you're interested, you can find me, you can use those links to find me. Um, My telegram channel is really growing. We have a great audience in there of people who are connecting and I would love to have you join us. So um, if you're not there, um, please join us. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And be sure to tune in next week where I will continue to give you real life solutions on how to live free in what can feel like an unfree world. 